Time to talk uh, tennis with uh, Leo Schlenk. And, Leo, uh, we're heading towards the US Open and one of uh, the big entrees is uh, Cincinnati. And uh, that's where the players are at the moment. Any particular fixtures uh, taking your eye at the moment? It's been some uh, good results today, Andrew, for the Australians um, with Alex Di Minore and Ilya Tomlanovic getting through. Unfortunately for Tanasi Kokonakis, he played a hell of a match against Yannick Sinner, the young Italian celebrating his 21st birthday, but it couldn't quite get the job done. But that match went over three hours, but just shows how much progress Tanasi's made this year, um, pushing a player of Sinner's calibre um, to a, a third set tiebreak, losing that 8-6 in three hours, 15 minutes. Um, yeah, this is really uh, setting up nicely for the Australians at the US Open. And uh, regardless of what happens with Kyrgios um, in this tournament, um, he's, he's won a match in doubles already with uh, Tanasi. He set himself up really well for New York uh, from August the 29th. Uh, I think we're starting to see, Leo, his full potential. There's no injury. There's no illness. He can practice. And everything we heard about him as a young man, it could come to fruition. It certainly could. And um, it's, uh, it's, you think um, he was a guy that basically everyone, and with good reason, he'd done it himself, had basically thought his ship had sailed, that it passed him by. And... Um, now he gets a chance that I, what I regard as his second best Grand Slam in terms of being a, a winning contender. Um, and it's all going to come down to how he manages himself and uh, he's going to need luck. He had some at Wimbledon and that's not detracting at all from his, his effort there because he, he made the finals without having to play a semi-final, which is a rarity in tennis. And he also was in a section of the draw where injury and COVID um, played its role, but you can only beat who's across the net and he did that very well. The US Open is um, a different beast, but he has all the, um, all the equipment there, all the weapons to go there and do really well. And there's no reason why he can't do exactly that as long as he hasn't overplayed to this point because he's in uncharted territory here because he has played a, a Grand Slam final. He's come back, won a title. He, he burnt out last week. It's going to be really interesting to see what uh, he does in Cincinnati. And Leo, just interestingly, he's one of the few top-line players who continues to play doubles. He seems to enjoy doubles, and he's had great success with it with different partners in those tournaments that he's been in. He's uh, won a couple of them. Why do you think he continues to play doubles? I, I, th I think it's a fantastic thing to see that he's actually doing this, but um, it's a throwback to what used to be the case where you could really um, help your singles career by playing doubles, and it was uh, in in the past decades, it's not so much now a financial necessity, but uh, in the past it was something of that, but it was also a great asset for the players. Um, and you, you saw today, um, in, with, uh, sorry, uh, yesterday uh, when they beat, uh, I think it was Bilelli and Podnini, uh, the two Ks, uh, that was just a hammering and um, such a shame that Nick is not available um, in Davis Cup because I believe that Australia with Alex Dimonor, Tanasi Kokonakis, John Pierce and others, uh, Alex Popran, um, John Millman, those types of players, uh, James Duckworth, um, these guys having really, really uh, good form um, over the you know, past couple of years, but especially this year, they could win the Davis Cup again. And it's been a while since we've been able to say that about Australia, but they'll need Nick Kyrgios to do it. As far as Davis Cup is concerned, Leo, uh, Rafael Nadal not playing for Spain, and that was uh, unfortunate because... They've got Serbia as their opponent, so I think fans were hoping to see Rafa and Novak in action. Yeah, and that would have been certainly one that um, the organisers would have loved and given it's largely Spanish-based now, the whole organisation. Um, that's, that's a blow to them, but 
um, you know, it's like you, you, uh, you can't replace Rafa Nadal, but in Spain they have the resources to cover just about everything else. So Carlos Alcaraz will stand up. He'll be the spearhead. Um, Pablo Carina Busta, he won his first Masters tournament last week. He's a hell of a player. Roberto um, Agut, uh, Badista Agut, he's, he's a hell of a player as well. So um, they have got no end of great players, but they can't replace Rafa. But um, let's see what happens in that one. Speaking of the Davis Cup, Leo, now that we're there with it, um, I think Australia plays in a group with Germany, France and Belgium. Um, this is the round of the Davis Cup, September 13 to 18. Top two in each group go through to the final in Malaga, as you say, seems to be Spanish-based these days. I expect that's a result of the promoter being um, Spanish, the uh, soccer player. His name just uh, escapes me for the moment. Germany, France and Belgium. Uh, do you like our prospects of getting through that group into the final stages without Kyrgios? It's going to be tough, but, um, yeah, it'd be so much easier. But you've got to go with what you've got. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll just have to go in and it's it's going to be tough. But um, France always plays well mm. in team competitions. Um, the Germans are always tough and um, you'd expect Australia to beat Belgium. Uh, but having said that, um, you know, there's, there's always a twist in Davis Cup, even in this new format. But... Yeah, it's such a shame with Kyrgios not being there and it's going to take a massive effort from Leighton Hewitt's team to get across the line. If they do, let, let's hope they can qualify for the final round and that by that stage, um, Nick might uh, be able to come back and play. Leo, we seem to ask you this question each and every week and everyone else is asking the, uh, the same question. Novak Djokovic, is he going to play the US Open? I reckon his odds have uh, tightened uh, dramatically over the past week. Uh, with the US government, the, uh, the Centre of Disease um, Control and Prevention um, with their updated travel restrictions. And basically what they said was that um, they, they focused on the unvaccinated and that concerns one Novak Djokovic. And there's been a petition out there for quite a while to say let him play the US Open and that's really started to get some more traction this week, um, how much the, the US government will take notice of that and how they will treat uh, his case remains to be seen. Um, he was an entry... Cincinnati and um, because of the government he was um, obviously taken out at the last minute but I, he would be preparing to play and I think at this stage I think he's uh, probably better than 50-50 to get the, uh, the tick to go there and play. Yeah, it's interesting. I heard an interview from John McEnroe where yesterday. He was very vocal in his uh, thoughts that uh, Kyrgios should be, uh, Kyrgios, uh, Djokovic should be allowed to play. And, uh, yeah, some internal changes to the laws over there seem to be, as you say, shortening the odds of him playing there. Uh, so you're uh, comfortable, Leo, that even with uh, him being unable to play in some of these big lead-up tournaments, he, he'll turn up at Flushing Meadows ready to go? Oh, absolutely. I, I just think that... He's the type of player who, who's he's got that great base of fitness. Um, he's so sharp, and that uh, he he can go there and um, you know he, I think he's won there three times. So um, he he will relish that opportunity if he gets it. Uh, mm. Remains to be seen. We know that there's always some kind of red tape, and uh, if if it's there, um, you know, in the days leading into August 29, it's going to be awfully difficult for him to focus. But we know with his mindset, we saw what happened in Australia uh, with all the comings and going there, that he, he went down, he, he actually got on the practice court and he was intending to play and make a point. You just get the feeling that it'll take the same attitude into uh, the US Open. We saw Simona Halep win in Toronto on the weekend. Leo, prize money now surpasses $40 million, just the eighth <laughs> person to do so in tennis. Uh, the others 
on the men's side, Djokovic, Nadal, Roger Federer, Andy Murray, and Pete Sampras. And on the women, it was just the, the, the uh, Williams sisters, Serena and Venus. So uh, very rare company to be in there. $40 million in prize money. And she seems to be hitting form, Leo. Uh, and Iga Schwantek's just starting to drift a little bit there. Yeah, she's it's certainly a resurgence um, from Simona. It's great to see. Um, the, the one thing that still concerns me around her game is, especially as it gets deeper into the tournament, um, is the number of double faults she hits. Uh, she's such a fighter, and um, she almost surprises herself sometimes when she closes out games with a service winner or an ace because it's so rare. And that's going to be the biggest challenge. It's, it's not going to improve now. She's had one of the best coaches in the world working with it um, previously in Darren Kale. She's now with uh, Patrick Moritogalou. Um, this is going to be a, cons- a constant challenge for her, but the form has returned at exactly the right time. And it uh, be interesting to see um, how she goes this week and whether she continue that. But it's been a hell of a comeback after. And when you consider last year she couldn't play Wimbledon, she had injuries, um, she's, she's had a lot of things to deal with, and now she's back playing some of her best tennis. It's great to see. And I see the news doesn't get any better for Naomi Osaka, pulled out uh, of one of the more recent tournaments um, with a back injury, um, played in uh, Cincinnati, but lost in straight sets on the surface uh, that most considered to be her best. I think I might have asked you this before, Leo, but uh, have we seen the best of Naomi Osaka, do you think, or too early to call that? It's 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 certainly crossroads time right now. Um, this is the first time she's lost first round in successive tournaments, I think, in something like three years, uh, maybe longer, four years. The last time it happened, she came out and won the US Open, so that's what she's going to be hoping for. But, mm. uh, yeah, this is a real worry because she never looked likely um, against Zhang. So um, in that kind of form, that mindset, um, there is some doubt tonight whether she's even going to look at playing uh, the US Open because of the way she was during the match, post-match. Um, the focus is not there, and we saw her at her best at, in the Australian Open and the US Open and what she did against huge opponents. And for her to be losing these matches, um, it's a real worry for Naomi. So it's obviously a mental issue for her, um, and whether it's around desire or, or what it is, something deeper. Um, I just hope that she goes to get whatever assistance is available to her. And Serena Williams, a, um, tracking well, but is she a realistic chance, Leo, from what you've seen at the US Open? I, no, I don't think she is. I, I think she's um, just because she's simply not playing enough tennis or hasn't played enough, and that's fair enough. She's got so many other things that she wanted to do, and she turned up at Wimbledon uh, underdone. She played a, a doubles tournament at Eastbourne and lost to Harmony Tan first round. Um, she had a hell of a battle the other day when she won her first match in something like um, over 400 days. So she's um, she's got it in front of her. So in this situation, you would never underestimate her especially in the first couple of rounds at US Open. If she can get through and win a couple of matches, that'll be a huge boost for her. And if she gets on a roll, we saw last year what a fairy tale tournament the US Open was with Emma Raducanu. And as it turns out, she'll be playing Emma um, in her first round match in Cincinnati. And that'll be fascinating to see where a 19-year-old is as she comes up against a, a 41-year-old uh, or soon to be 41-year-old. So um, this is an important time for Serena. She has to get some match practice in. Um, if she can... Cop a reasonable draw. Um, she can make some inroads, but uh, I would just think that uh, her winning the US Open is right out there in the realms, but it's still possible. 
It might be like that year, and you'd probably be able to uh, remember it uh, better than me, Leo, when uh, Jimmy Connors, right at the end of his career, made that run at the US Open, and the whole place went absolutely berserk for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be like that if she gets that far into the tournament, won't it? That was like a, a roller coaster. That was like a party every second day. Um, <laughs> and Jimmy just enjoyed it, and he just <laughs> fed off the crowd. And, he, you know, it was the, 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 the messier, the tougher, the meaner the dogfight, the better for him. And he just loved that. Um, one of the characters of the sport um, could be an absolute mongrel on the court, but a very entertaining man off it. That was the tournament where he would sort of throw the third set almost, didn't he? Because he had to sort of recuperate because he was just so knackered all the time. Was that the one with, we're talking about? Oh, it might have been uh, that. I remember that the match he, I think he had with Aaron Crickstein. Yes. went seemed to go forever, and... Um, he just, um, every bag, a trick in his, uh, that he had in the bag, he pulled out. And whether it was uh, berating umpires or getting stuck into his opponents or whatever it took, he knew that you know, he was going to go out and he was going to leave it all out there. And um, he, got, uh, he kept on talking about his mother, uh, Gloria, as the person who instilled all those things in him, uh, that she was the one and he was never allowed to walk off the court unless he'd given his absolute best or given his all at least. And... More often than not, he gave more, more on court than he probably should have in ways that he probably shouldn't have as well. I'll tell you what, Leo, and you would have read it. I reckon he wrote one of the best autobiographies uh, going around. Uh, his book was fascinating and the effect of his and the role of his mother on his career and just his career. It, it, it was something else and you got some sort of background as to why he was the sort of player he was. Oh, he was like he could rub people up the wrong way, and he he revelled in doing that. And like if if he were a cricketer, um, he'd, he'd be someone who'd be having a lot to say um, out on the field, whether he's batting or fielding or whatever he's doing. And he probably came at his cost when um, he destroyed I think, Kenny Rosewall. I think mm. it was the '74 Wimbledon final, and sort of made a couple of comments which really got up John Newcomb's nose. And and John had effectively um, retired, and he decided no. Nah, that won't do. And um, so Newt got himself ready for the 75 Australian Championship. And uh, he, sure enough, he played Connors in the final. And, and um, Connors attempted to sort of get under his skin a bit by... Uh, he basically gifted him a couple of points, um, mm. overruled the umpire himself because he thought he was so superior. Well, that further enraged Newt and you, you don't do that. And, of course, Newt came out and won the, won the championship. And it was a lesson that Connors never, ever forgot. And I think from that match onwards... He had another dimension to him as well. Leo, we've been uh, unfortunate here in Australia. Our, our summer of tennis hasn't been what it was supposed to be for the last few years, but it looks as though we're returning to a bit of normality because the Kuyong Classic is up and running for this year. Alex Dimonar will be there, and Carlos Alcaraz is going to join him. <laughs> a very excited uh, Peter Johnston, the tournament director. He does a great job at Kuyong, um, Jono, and he was so excited to announce those two players. That, that's a hell of a coup for him. And um, it's always been a, a really nice event um, in its different um, iterations over the years. And Colin Stubbs started that event, uh, the dearly departed uh, Colin Stubbs, um, former Australian Open tournament director. And he, he started with 16 players. And um, in his first year, he did a, a favour to his, uh, his old mate, Nicky Pilich, and he said, can you play this bloke from Croatia. Uh, it was Yugoslavia back then. He said his name's Goran Ivanisevic. He was 16 years of age and he played in it. And that was the, the basically one of the launching pads of his career. It's not that now. It's a perfect lead into the Australian Open and to have Alcaraz and Demonor there, that's just fantastic for Stubbsy and uh, for um, Jono, rather. 
and uh, they deserve um, you know a big crowd out there for that, and I'm sure they'll get it. What is the uh, setup there? I've never actually been to the Kuyong Classic, uh, Leo. Is it sort of suburban courts? Are there stands? What is it? The old old grandstand's still there. So it's still in the shape of a horseshoe. Um, and uh, they belatedly laid um, the Australian Open surface um, in Centre Court on what was once the, the hallowed grass in there. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you, you're on the uh, South uh, Eastern Freeway. You drive past it, you can see straight into Centre Court. Um, it's a private club. Um, Lots of grass, um, clay. It's it's a fantastic members club, and um, the capacity of the place of the grandstand out there now is probably seven thousand. If they mm. if they if they filled the thing, um, but it just feels like very suburban. Uh, the, the rail lines right at the back there. People can commute from the suburbs or from the city and get off there and walk into the courts. It's mm. it's a throwback to a different era. Mm. Because it's been missed, hasn't it? Like we've had the Aussie Open, but mm. it's sort of there would hardly anything as far as the leading events were concerned and we had the Novak Djokovic drama last year. I'm going to be happy, Leo, when it gets back to the normality and we see these leading events. Yeah, that's right. And because last year, because of COVID, um, you know, the concentration of events at Melbourne Park as well, um, going forward, you would imagine that they will be spread around the country again. We'll have the, the Brisbane International, uh, Adelaide, Sydney. Um, there'll be uh, events in Tasmania. Um, Perth, hopefully, that can, they can fill the void there from what used to be the, the Hopman Cup. Um, so, and that's the way to foster the sport around the country. They've got a very, very small opportunity um, to do that, and uh, the best way to do it is is to spread the the, uh, I guess, the wealth around. And um, let's hope they can do it next January. Well, I think it might have been last year that uh, Tanasi Koganasis won uh, in Adelaide. And um, just going back to where we started, he had that close uh, loss this morning to Sinner. If he gets some clear air with injuries, whether it's shoulders or glandular fever, everything going around, he seemed to get realistically, where do you think he can uh, be ranked at his best? Oh, he's a top 50 player, in my opinion. Um, he, he's got such a classical game. And he doesn't have to look far for inspiration. The the thing he has to do is keep himself fit, and that's been such a challenge for him. But if he looks um, to the opposite court when he's playing doubles uh, or to his uh, neighbouring court and looks at Nick Kyrgios, Nick Kyrgios was outside the top 100 in March. Mm. Um, he's inside the top 30 now, um, and that's without uh, any rankings points from Wimbledon. In fact, he went backwards from Wimbledon because he lost the points from last year but didn't get any for this year. So this is the situation where... That decision uh, around Wimbledon rankings points is really cruel in some cases when you look at Djokovic falling to number six in the world and still the best player in the world. Always a pleasure to catch up, Leo. When we speak next week, we're going to be a week away from the US Open beginning chat then. Look forward to it. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Leo. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Andrew.